welcome to season two of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our eighth episode of Pasco Podcast. Join us today from our public services branch is Support Services Director Paula Balcaldo and Community Services Director Brian Hoban. So welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you both here. Well, thank you very much for having us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, and this is kind of going to be our millennial take today, yes. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, this Gen Xer will try to ask you some reasonable questions. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so, as we get started, tell us um, kind of a little bit about yourself, but also then it, get into your leadership philosophy and then kind of how that developed over time. Um, so, I guess I'll get started. Um, so, Paula Baracaldo, I have been with the county for a little over nine years, kind of grew up in local... Um, in local government and public service within the organization. Um, my last position, actually, before I switched over to public services, was uh, serving as chief of staff to our host, uh, Mr. Biles <laughs> here. Um, but basically, I think the philosophy of leadership that I have um, really entails supporting your team. Never ask someone to do something that you yourself wouldn't do. Sometimes it's about rolling your sleeves and ensuring that people not only feel encouraged, but they're coached, uh, that you're educating them, that you are helping them manage through tough and difficult situations, but you're also celebrating their successes. Uh, it's not really about you. It's about them and just providing a level of genuine care for them as people, because, of course, our, our lives continue outside of the confines of our buildings and our smartphones and the laptops, right? Um, and so just kind of realizing that we need to provide some level of humanity to the, the jobs that we do in, in all the various disciplines, um, it's, it's keenly important. Okay, thanks. Right. Yeah, Brian Hoban, Director of Community Services. I've been with Pasco County now for five years. Um, I've had the unique experience of working with three different branches. I was hired on in internal services, did some work over here in emergency management, and I've spent the last three and a half years with public services. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's just been a, a phenomenal learning experience for myself. And, and that's really contributed to my leadership style. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about servant leadership. I think that really embodies a lot of what Paula just um, talked about. But to me, servant leadership is not just leading, you know, with your team and, and caring about your team, but it's caring about your team through action. It's caring about your team, not just through um, the verbal cues and, and going through the motions and, and asking individuals, how are you today? But it, it's truly caring about how they are. It's, it's showing them that you're there for them. You're there to learn with them you're you're there to support their growth um and and really just be like paula said uh you know show that human side be there to to support them and and again um just help with their continued growth okay well thanks so is as you started your career as you were growing up and or when did you kind of realize that you you kind of enjoyed leading others or you wanted to be a leader or you wanted to lead others so yeah, I, I'll start with that one. Um, to me, it, it was actually a, a culmination of experiences. Um, I, 
Number one, uh, I had the unique opportunity uh, around 25 to help coach high school basketball, uh, actually at the high school that I graduated from. So coaching and shaping the lives of, of young men, um, that, that was kind of an eye-opening experience to have that kind of influence and to build that relationship where you can see the influence that you have uh, on these young men going off to college to, to you know start their own world and start their own lives and, and impact the world. And then, you know, you have your leadership experiences that that you go through personally. I've learned a lot through the leaders that I've had, um, and, and I've been very fortunate to have uh, one of two styles of leaders, and, and those were leaders that I very much so looked up to and have learned a lot from um, because of their leadership style and because of the way they've taught me. Um, and then I've had, uh, conversely, leaders that I said, I will never lead like this. Um, I, I really disagree with the philosophy. And, and again, I think that's that's a learning, uh, a learning experience for myself. So, um, you know, I've taken all of those experiences and through my journey um, as a young leader, I've, uh, you know, I've taken those lessons. And as you get to influence other individuals um, and see the outcome of that and see the impact, not only that you're making on the community, because that's what we're here for, but the impact that you're making on the lives that you work with, the people that are, are your team members, the people that are truly your friends and the people that you care about, that to me has really shaped, um, you know, not only the leadership experience, but it creates more drive to continue mm -hmm. that leadership journey. Right. And I love the example of a coach because while, you know, there's a lot of aspects of coaching that parallels the aspects of leadership, right? Absolutely. You know, the great coaches, you know, care for their players so much, they, they want to push them past what their players think they can do. Yep. Right. And sometimes that requires discipline. That requires some other things that, you know, to do that. So, yeah, I love that. Look connection there between the two. Paula? So um, for me, it really has been about my life experience. Uh, I was originally born in Colombia. And so when I arrived to the US, I didn't really know the language very well. And so it kind of made me grow a little bit quicker. And it kind of forced me to become a little bit more resourceful and creative in trying to either learn processes or, or learn how certain things worked that maybe my parents weren't even aware of. And so an example of that was, you know, when, when I was trying to look out for information for my brothers to, to go to college, um, um, that's not necessarily something that is easily accessible sometimes. And so if you are not, um, you know, aware of those networks, you kind of have to 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 kind of take charge and start uh, connecting those dots. Mm -hmm. And so that's very much also the way that I see myself within the organization. Um, as a leader, you're you're always a facilitator, connecting those that have the information to those who do not, uh, connecting those resources to the people that need them. Um, and and honestly, uh, in terms of of leadership, I always kind of see you know leaders, those individuals that make those detrimental, life changing, life altering decisions. And so I can't say that I have a fully fledged, uh, I have mastered the art of leadership yet, but I'm definitely on my way. And and it is a, a tremendously uh, humbling experience to work with so many talented individuals. Right. Yeah. No, I love the example of how you, learning the language mm -hmm. and how that has to help you, you know, learn some of those connections. Yeah, things. because it goes beyond just translating. It's it's interpreting things, right? And and you know, my brothers are probably gonna be sorely disappointed that, you know, I, I spoke to their teachers and I probably was harder on them than than my mom probably would have been. <laughs> but it was also coming from my own experience, not necessarily having that connection. And so I always try to encourage and grow and and guide the teams that that I work with so that they have all of those resources because not having them can hinder your professional and personal right. growth. Right. Mm -hmm. So as, in terms of leadership, who's kind of been the biggest influence on your style and how you lead? And, and Brian, you mentioned negative and positive yeah. influences. Both are very 
you know, important, right? Absolutely. Um, I really think, again, you know, just kind of referring back to those experiences, um, you know, I've had a unique uh, opportunity to, to see both sides of the coin. You know, there are some decisions that I make that that I refer back to those negative experiences. And, and when I say, oh, yeah, I'm doing this completely opposite um, from the leader that I had that, that, that I feel um, was not a good leader, then I know I'm making the right decision. But, but in all honesty, um, I, I'm, I'm very lucky, and I, I think I'd be remiss without saying that, you know, I'm coming from a, a role where I was the program administrator for um, the, the public services branch for the right. past two and a half years. So that gave me the opportunity to work with a phenomenal group of directors. Uh, all, all of them, uh, I greatly look up to. Those, those are all really good leaders. And, and then, of course, you know, in that role, in a way, I get to be the understudy to the assistant county administrator right. uh, for, public service, for public services, who, again, really embodies that servant leadership um, and not just so, you know, in a way where she, she talks about servant leadership or she drives that message to us, but she does that with action. She, she shows us that she cares. Um, she's personally been there for all of us as leaders and supported us um, throughout our mission, whether that be, you know, creating a new program or, or working through um, the jobs and, and, and the people that we work with here mm -hmm. at the county. Um, but she also cares about us in our personal lives, which, which creates that bond and that connectivity between us um, because we know that when our back's against the wall, she has our back. And, right. and that has just been so influential um, to see that kind of leadership and then to take those lessons learned and to implement them on your own team and, and start to build those same relationships that you have with, with a leader above you. And then you can see that connectivity. That to me is, is, is an amazing part of the journey that, that I'm currently experiencing as, as a young director. Right, right, excellent. So I'm going to be a little bit cheesy. I'm going to refer back to my family. Um, <laughs> my great. my grandfather, um, definitely somebody that I very much look up to um, or looked up to. He, he passed away a, a couple of years ago, but he was the type of person that he would always emphasize that you should do good no matter what without expecting anything in return. Uh, because it wasn't about the, the outcome for you per se, but it was about ensuring that people... Um, were in the right place, had the right the right things, uh, and if you could affect that positively in any way, shape, or form, then you were doing what you were supposed to. Um, and so I kind of draw back on that, and and likewise with um, with what Brian mentioned, you know, examples where people oftentimes don't empathize with their team or don't put themselves in their shoes. Um, and so you know, kind of keep that in mind as I'm going every day through through the work that we do, right? I may not be necessarily the expert, but if there's any way, shape or form that I can uh, identify someone who maybe is really great at a particular task and, and having them grow those particular skill sets, then provide them with those opportunities, right? right? Provide that clear intent, but at the same time, provide them the flexibility to grow and not feel terrified if, right. if there is a mistake. And so that's very much aching back to to how my grandfather, um, you know, raised me and, and the example that he provided right. for me. Yeah, I mean, it's not really cheesy at all. I think probably yeah. half of our guests have referenced a family member yeah. that they that they learned leadership from by watching and observing. Yeah. You know, and I go back to the greatest influence is my father mm -hmm. right. and watching him and how he led. Right. You know, over time. So no, I think it's a great example. Uh, and and so you've both seen different parts of the county. You've mm -hmm. worked in different parts of the county. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you administration. And Brian, in internal services, and of course here in emergency management, how does the leadership style different differ based on kind of your customer interactions, right? Because you have different customers yep. in internal service or administration, you have different customers than you do today. Mm -hmm. So, how does that leadership style change as you go in different parts of the, or not change as you're in different parts of the organization? 
So I think the leadership style really depends on the leader themselves because because mm -hmm. to your point, Dan, I think it can change and it cannot change. Um, and, and it really does depend on your customer base. You know, right now working in public services, when we um, work and if you look at the public services branch holistically, um, it's a very unique branch. There are right. very specific lines of business, um, you know, very uh, niche um you know, kind of departments, if you will. And and I think that when we work now, we can see a direct connection with the community, mm -hmm. um, whether it be through a program that we advent or, or you know, um, you know, a process that we put in place to help the customer directly. So you kind of see that uh, almost immediately or, or very close to immediately. Um, whereas when you're working with internal services and your customer um, is really other team members within the county, you may not see that direct connection to the work that you have immediately, um, but you know that there's value in it. And, and I think that the leadership kind of embodies that. And Either way, whether your your direct customer is the citizen or whether it's you know other employees, I think that the leadership me the leadership message that I've always received was the importance of what our job was mm -hmm. and 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 the support function mm -hmm. that our job had. So I have to say that even though I've I've kind of seen three different branches of the county, um, I'm very pleased to say that you know for the most part it's been a very consistent leadership style, which which really embodies you know the importance of serving our customer, right. no matter who that mm -hmm. customer is. Right. And it yeah. goes back to the mission statement, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah, I think very similarly, um, you know, we we manage the, the work that we do according to our customer. Right. But I think that level of expectation and service to our community should remain the same. Right. The same level of care for their problems, listening, um, even if it's, uh, you know, a coworker, ensuring that you are. Um, actively serving them and not necessarily just, um, you know, taking in the information and, and kind of passing it off um, for, for something to get done right. without demonstrating that level of care. Um, but absolutely, depending on, on where you are, obviously, that's going to change. Like, for example, when I served as interim director of uh, at the building uh, construction services department, that was a, a personal challenge for me, right? Because I did not have that technical expertise. Right. But at the same time, whenever um, we were dealing with customers, the goal was to listen to, to that particular customer, understand what their needs were, and still provide that same level of service that I would have provided in administration, even more so because in terms of, of, of the customer that you're serving, right? Time is money, right? right. Um, but always honor that respect that experience and ensure that people feel heard and that they feel understood. I think that's that's very um, important as a leader. Right. Excellent. No, that's great. So as, as you kind of look back, um, any examples of leadership lessons learned, mm -hmm. successes, challenges that you, you'd, you'd want to kind of share and talk about? Absolutely. Sure. It's like, oh boy. That's why you're here no, today, right? Yeah, for sure. No, um, you know, I think recently at the team leaders meeting, we've, we've kind of been talking about um, allowing team members um, almost a a scary amount of trust and a scary right. amount of freedom, uh, you know, allowing them the ability to go out there and, and potentially fail and, and how frightening that is uh, um, as a leader. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I've kind of experienced that throughout, really throughout the pandemic with the advent of a lot of the programs that community services uh, has put into place. And, and you know, again, I, I think that I have specific teams, you know, senior services uh, is such a phenomenal team that they, they put in practices to create a drive through. Um, right. You know, that was an idea from one of our program coordinators and that became a, a statewide best practice. So that just, you know, again, that's allowing the team to come up with the ideas, allowing the team to be creative and innovative and just supporting that function. And, and when you kind of take the reins off and just let them be free and let them, um, you know, again, the, 
the individuals who are working on the front line, they know the business best. Okay. When you allow them to kind of have that freedom and, and then, of course, back them up, support them, try to knock down as many walls as you possibly can for them to accomplish that goal. Um, you know, that to me is where you start to see the success stories because that makes a positive impact in our community to the citizens, which then in turn, um, you know, shows the employees, hey, my ideas and, and, and our solutions, you know, that created a positive impact. So it's a twofold win because you win with the community, but you also win with your team. Right. Um, so, so that's, you know, some of the, the success that I've experienced uh, more recently. Right. Okay. So last year when the pandemic uh, started, we immediately had to run in and start kind of figuring out how to change our operations and put them in a more digital format, right? And so part of that in administration was kind of switching the way that we hosted our board of right. county commissioners meetings, right? Um, and, you know, one of the realizations that you, you always know it takes a village to get the work done ultimately. But I think one of the realizations that I had was the humility that it takes uh, or that you earn as you work through a process that might seem, you know, sort of like switch on, switch off. Right. Let's turn operations into a digital format. Um, it, it, it takes a tremendous amount of knowledge and expertise and collaboration and patience and understanding to make sure that everybody has what they need in order to to get to that outcome and be successful. Um, you know, that's probably one of the proudest things that we've we probably done in, in that office. Um, when, one of the things that I think back on is, um, you know, there were times when team members in the office were concerned because, you know, there are things that were happening in their personal lives that were creating pressure on their performance at work. And so how to figure out and go back and, and help them navigate through that process so that they could still be their very best self, not just at home, but also at work. And granted, it, it wasn't perfect, but it absolutely meant to them that that we cared and that we were providing that level of flexibility and trust mm -hmm. uh, that was so needed and necessary. Uh, one of the things that I kind of go back to is this acronym, I've gone fully native with GovSpeak, role, right? So <laughs> read, uh, read everything that you can to educate yourself, to digest information and, and be well aware of what you're doing. Observe good behavior, uh, observe those examples of leadership that maybe fall short of where we need to be. Uh, learn from both of those um, those specific traits, right? Uh, go back to to what you've learned, not just in theory, but in practice, and then emulate emulate those examples so that you can make sure that every chance that that you keep moving forward in an organization, whether it be Pasco County or in private sector, whichever it is, uh, you are supporting your team with with the very best of what your philosophy or your leadership style is. Right. Yeah. And even, you know, the example you used of trying to go from the in-person mm -hmm. board meetings where we had one feed that went out on, you know, Pasco TV yeah. to hybrid virtual, everybody's there virtually. And then now we have, we were able to, through, you know, the help of some people in this room that are yep. helping us today, yeah. Yeah. Oh, stream not just on Pasco TV, but on YouTube now and Facebook and all the different things using the same feeds. And now we're, you're working back in, right. you know, to in-person, but now citizens mm -hmm. and, and our the public have more opportunity now to comment on mm -hmm. a board meeting, more opportunity to watch Absolutely. than they did, you know, 14 months ago, right? Yeah. If they wanted to comment 14 months ago, they had to walk into the board meeting and make a public comment in yeah. person at yeah. either 10 or 1.30. And now, you know, you can WebEx in or, or virtual mm -hmm. in, you can send an email in or show up at the kiosk, right. uh, you know, and so a lot of different things happen. They actually provide a better service today than we provided 18 yeah. months ago. Right. Absolutely. So, and that all had, <clears throat> that touched 
people throughout the organization had a hand in that. Absolutely. Right? So, no, I love love that great example. Um, and you know, you saw real time the impact we were having on the community, right? Mm-hmm. Going mm-hmm. from the okay, we don't, we can't have, we had to close our senior centers. Yep. Well, let's figure out how another way to serve. Well, what about drive through? Yep. Boom. There you go. Now we're we're serving them, and you know, uh, even our medians got uh, uh, recognized by a, a you know a regional. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Pop- we recognize statewide for for that, and and also you know Todd Kersey, who was so uh, right. instrumental in that uh, process. He was our employee of the year, right? Employee and so, yeah. um, you know, well deserved in, in in changing the dynamic, overcoming adversity, and then setting an example for others to emulate, right? Right. right. And that get back to, we got to change our medians. Okay, go. Right. And then, okay, tell me what we're doing. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the yeah. what we did. Right. So, no, a great example. Um, yeah, and I remember seeing some of the first drive ups. Yeah. And, and how that worked. And yeah. And, and you know, you think about it. It's when you take a step back, you don't you don't think like, oh my god, that's that's such a simple solution. But you know, it really takes those team members to um, you know step back and say, how can we run the same process that we've been running for for so long in a different way? You know, and 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 you know, it was it was actually Carolyn Johnson who came up with the idea, and she said, hey. You know, th- this pandemic has caused everything to shut down, but drive-throughs are still open. Why can't we create a drive-through? Right. And it's just, it's just that it takes that one idea, that that one, you know, fire of that, you know, the yeah. the brain to just kind of recognize, oh my God, you know, other people are doing this. We can do it too. We can implement it, and that's where the I- idea just starts to snowball and and takes hold. Right. Yeah, and I don't think any of us would like to relive the pandemic. So I think oh. coming out, <laughs> we've learned a lot, so much yeah. about one about our team, but yeah. about different ways we can run our organization that are even more efficient and more effective. And that's the key Absolutely. thing, right? More effective right. than yep. we were running them 18 months ago. Right. Yep. Right. You know, so yeah, I don't think anybody wants to relive last March no. and April. No. But <laughs> there are a lot of, I think, great things we learned through that. So, Absolutely. So, yeah. so as you continue to build in your career and your leadership skills, um, what are some tools and things you use to help develop your leadership skills and styles? I think uh, you know there's a there's an array of tools in the toolbox. You know, um, we we have that list of leadership books. You know, right. I think that mm-hmm. you know constantly reading, constantly pushing yourself to um, be open minded. You know, learn about other sectors, learn about other mm-hmm. um, businesses, uh, even other local county governments. How are they doing the same things that we're doing? Uh, I think that that's always helpful. It's great to be surrounded by phenomenal leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always helpful because we we have the ability to bounce ideas and problems off of each other. You know, and, and nine out of ten times, uh, those problems have been experienced by someone else in the organization. Right. So having the ability to network through the organization and and talk through those things with you know programs like the LDP and and other programs that have brought leaders together to to be able to have those conversations is a great tool. And of course, you know. Um, pushing yourself, pushing yourself to, to get educated through the conferences, um, training, um, and, and, and putting yourself out there, you know, doing things that will allow us to uh, open our mind and, and look at different perspectives and, and make sure that we can um, be open-minded and, and learn about how others handle certain problems. I think that that, uh, you know, continues that lifelong learning process right. for all of us to continue our leadership right. growth. Coupled with the fact that, you know, we're working with uh, human beings every day. Every day is a new learning experience, <laughs> sure. you know, uh, in, in some kind of microcosm. So I, I think that, you know, just going to work every day and, and dealing with um, the problems that come up that, you know, are, are 
maybe few and far between, but but the new problems and problems that we haven't faced, you know, before and, and working through those problems with your team, um, working through those problems, um, you know, uh, as a leader and with, with, you know, the individuals that are you know, frontline employees, that just creates another tool in that toolbox right. as, as a leader. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think I always seek out experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I very much take advantage of our professional association, the Florida City County uh, Managers Association, the International City County Managers Association, leaders within the organization who may have gone through similar experiences. Um, I think what happens sometimes as you grow into a leadership position, you tend to romanticize the idea of leadership, right? Mm -hmm. And and you see these amazing rock stars, right, that are just uh, doing amazing work day by day. And you sometimes don't stop to think that, you know, they've been through very difficult and challenging situations. Um, And so I always go back and and rely on that level of expertise and and advice. all the while, of course, uh, through the educational uh, opportunities that that we have been offered in the organization, um, and and through opportunities that you may have to seek out outside of the organization as well, um, you know, you you kind of come to to your own answer um, if if you're trying to to seek out a problem. I always recommend people to seek out a coach and seek out a mentor. Um, they're not the same, uh, but they're tremendously helpful in, in your ability to, to be successful. And when people in, in higher positions or that have uh, long-term experience in a particular discipline uh, know that you care enough to reach out to them for advice, um, they are more than willing to share that. And so I think that's probably one of the most valuable tools uh, that not only enables us to gain that experience and kind of share of that information, but also build on that succession in the organization, right? Because um, I think probably that's how I ended up in public services, right? So very, very grateful for that. And so, you know, you're part of the, what I'll call the new cadre of leadership in Pasco County, right? The the next generation, if you will. Um, How do you identify and raise and build leaders inside your teams? Yeah, that, that was a shout out to millennials. I like that, Dan. I, well, I want to make sure that's on the record. Real quick, yes. so. The world uh, keeps turning yeah, one yeah. day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's a great question. I, I think that, again, you know, working through, um, you know, the the, in, the issues and the problems that come up daily is, is a big part of that. But also, you know, referencing what we previously talked about, allowing them the freedom to make those decisions. You know, I think that to Paula's point, a good part of where we are in our journey is because we've gone through some failure and we're going to continue to go through, you know, failure and learn and grow. And, and embodying that and allowing other people to go through that and having those same learning experiences as opposed to being like, hey, I really think you should do it this way, um, you know, because, you know, this isn't going to work out. Allow individuals to make those decisions. Allow them to be a part of the solution. Um, that That is, is a great way in identifying who are the individuals on your team that want to step up, who want to come up with solutions as opposed to maybe the ones who just say, hey, I have a problem. I need you to fix it. I have another problem. I need you to fix it. Um, so you can kind of already start to identify the ones who not only are passionate about what they do, but the ones who really uh, realize the freedom that they have to make those decisions and appreciate that. And then they start to run with it. And, and those are the ones to me that, that really stand out as, you know, uh, again, next level leadership. Right. All right. Uh, great. So... I think in every opportunity that I've had to either uh, grow someone, coach someone, or or even hire someone, always look for 
for that skill set, for that spark, for that desire and passion to serve. Um, I think you can teach those skills, right? But if that individual is not convinced 100% that this is what they want to do, um, they might not be in the right seat or for that matter, even in the right bus, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to support people through through those dynamics, right? Um, but I think allowing them the opportunity to, to have that open conversation with you on what those challenges are. Um, and if you don't know the answer, right, be honest with them and, and at least connect them to someone who may know the answer and can help them continue to, to grow or identify those sources of knowledge or um, give them the opportunity to participate in a project or, or, or in another way where, where they can grow those skills that they already uh, have in their tool toolbox, but don't necessarily get to utilize within their job, right? I mean, we, we get hired and there's a very specific job description, but that doesn't mean that we are, again, tied to that box, right? Yeah, there, right. There's a tremendous yeah. array of skills that we can take advantage of, and that may eventually lead someone to grow into a different role within the organization. Right. So I think always kind of acknowledging that, um, you know, Maybe when when you're hiring someone, they may be in the organization or in your team within a, a year or two if they're there longer. Fantastic, um, but always keep in mind that there's always that potential for professional growth, and you need to support that. So um, you know, just identifying those skills it's very important. Excellent. No, that's great. You know, and I, I just you know some of the threads that have gone through the entire conversation are things like you know service you know, caring for your people, mm -hmm. the whole person, right? Not just mm -hmm. the 40 hours a yeah. week person. Um, you know, those are some of the same threads I heard from, you know, the boomers I've had in here, right? In the, in, <laughs> in the Gen Xers, you know, it's leadership yeah. is yeah. good. Leadership is consistent across the generation, Correct. right? Yeah. I don't think there's a difference. We have, we come from it with different experiences and, right. you know, from, because of our generational differences, yeah. but in general, good leadership is consistent across generations. Right. So as you've grown in the organization, so it's a little off script question, but as you've grown in the organization, and obviously the, the organization was led by those of that are older or another generation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how have you seen the organization change with the dynamic that the, the younger generation brings to the organization? I, you know, Part of my goal is I want to make sure I have enough different voices in the room that yep. somebody is there can spot the blind spot, right? And that includes generational yeah. blind yeah. spots. But how do you see the organization changing as we, because you know millennials mm -hmm. aren't in school anymore. I mean, in fact, the next generation is starting to graduate from college. Yeah. So you're actually no longer the entry level employees <laughs> anymore. How do you see the county leadership changing or, or that whole dynamic changing uh, from your perspective? I think it's very adaptive. I, I know we talked about the pandemic a little bit and, and how, you know, we had a lot of brainstorming sessions on, you know, how do we do this overnight? How do we, how do we become an organization that comes into work and, and now is, you know, supporting a work from home organization or, or making the changes like you mentioned to the board meeting. And, and I think, you know, a part of that open mindedness and part of the cultural shift that the organization has gone through in the past you know, three, three and a half years really supports, um, you know, the ability for everyone to come to the table, no matter the generation and, and, and bring ideas. And, and I think that's clearly seen throughout the organization. You know, uh, I, I love working in the same branch as Paula. You know, we were, we were, we were on a WebEx the other day and uh, we were doing some strategic planning stuff and someone went to share their screen and, um, Everyone was squinting at the screen because it was really tiny. And Paul was like, hey, you know, right on the left side of the screen, there's a little plus arrow. It'll zoom it in. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And, and I'm like, oh, thank God. 
I, I was squinting too. I didn't know, you know. So <laughs> she's, she's our resident, like you know, tech support, super millennial. Yeah, she, she's she's teaching me stuff all the time. So, but it, it's just it's it's awesome to experience that and to see that you know regardless of the generation you know some people are just more technological savvy technologically savvy some people have you know just it's the mixture of how we've grown up what our experiences were what have shaped us as leaders um but i think now that with the cultural shift we all have that ability to just be open-minded and 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 share those ideas and listen a little bit more than i think maybe we have in the past i think that that's a big part of it right okay I, I mean, can I say hashtag work from home, <laughs> right? Um, I think, you know, just, just changing the dynamic that, you know, just because we've, we've been doing things a certain way, it's, it holds true forever, right? Uh, and that's not always the case. Uh, likewise, there are good ideas and good, um, you know, practices and, and norms that have lived through the ages, right? And, and will continue to, to uh, carry forward, you know, the sense of decorum during a board meeting, right? Um, taking in, into, you know, into consideration somebody's advice who has been doing a specific job for, for quite some time, right? Uh, but at the same time, being open and flexible in that if you are giving your team guidance, if you are kind of uh, providing that that scope of where the outcome should be, enabling that bandwidth so people can adapt, uh, so they can grow, and, and they're not afraid of making changes or suggestions. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest changes that we've seen culturally in the organization. Um, although, you know, we're, we still have lots of work to do, uh, but it's just making people feel safe to, to be open and responsive uh, to ensure that, um, you know, no idea is going to be dismissed. Um, and also, not assuming that because you are a leader in a leadership position, you know everything, right? right. I think just yeah. getting comfortable with the idea of that humility that comes within those roles. Um, yes, we may not know everything, uh, but we can absolutely help you with PDFs if you need help. <laughs> and uh, but at the same time, you know, um, those newer generations that are coming through, um, mentoring them, coaching them, and serving as a sounding board for them so that they can do even better than what we've been able to achieve. I think that's the goal, that if you are coaching, educating, mentoring, growing your teams, if you're doing those things right, they will pay it forward. And that's what right. this is all about, paying it forward so the next generation can do an even better job. Right. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we opened up, you know, our team leaders meeting to LDP, Mm -hmm. You know, the people in the LDP, mm -hmm. we've had them come to, you know, the executive meetings yeah. and team meetings really just so they can see the debate and discussion and, and honestly to participate in it because they bring something to the table. You know, I remember when we first uh, hired you into the chief of staff yeah. role and I said, no, she's going to come into this assistant yeah. county administrator meetings because mm -hmm. I need somebody in there that thinks and sees the problems from a yeah. different angle. Right. We just you can't have too many different angles looking at something. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, which, which, by the way, also adds to the, you know, sometimes it's terrifying to be in a room and you're not, you know, smartest person in the room. either not just the smartest person in the room, but also like the youngest person in yeah. the room. And you're <laughs> like, oh, man, is this going to sound crazy? But, you know, um, I, I kind of act on the side of I'll say it. I'll be the biggest defender of the underdog and just kind of try to put things out there that maybe right. are not being discussed. Right. And I think yep. Brian acts the same way. It's it's those things that, you know, we're seeing at our level and, and there's value to that. Yeah. And, and you've been at the leader meet those meetings, uh, you know, from time to time and see how the discussion happens. And yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the other biggest thing about that whole position was I needed somebody that thinks differently sitting next to me to tell me when 
you know, I was going down the wrong path. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. you you just get fixated and you need somebody right. there. I call it the, the position that tells Emperor you have no clothes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. that's what we need in, in those. So great. Hey, I really appreciate y'all both being here today. Now we go to the lightning round. Oh, yeah. These are the questions. <laughs> here we go. Although I will say these questions were developed and found by Paula. So. <laughs> oh, I've seen them. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the normal one. Okay. The, the one. Uh, so. <laughs> And I, I'm sure I know the answer, but I'm going to say the office or Parks and Rec. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go the office. That's close, but I'm going to go the office. The office just edges it out. I love that. Love that sense of humor. I'm going to go with Parks and Rec. Um, I'm, you know, now April Ludgate, and, um, you know, she's just so much fun to watch. I, I love that. And, and of course, you know, there's so much that it's so relatable to the right. work that we do. It's, Kind of terrifying. I kind of feel like I need to apologize to Keith Wiley because when he sees this, he's going to be like, nah, really? Okay. <laughs> no, okay. Hey, Keith. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, texting or talking? Texting. Oh, I'm talking. I get a text and, and like if I can't reply in like two sentences, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling. And I know that drives some of my, uh, my, my uh, other counterparts insane. Uh, but yeah, I guess... I guess uh, you're an older millennial. Yeah, I am an older millennial. Elder millennial. Oh man, crazy! You're in that grave, yeah. that gray I area. I am. I am. Ah. Real. You know, welcome to the club of the kids that didn't grow up with a remote. Um. <laughs> so, um, so what's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Christmas. Sure, it's about family, right? Yeah, family. Yeah, those are both family yeah. holidays and food. I mean, and food. oh yeah, right. Let's Very be real. true. Right, right. Very true. Right. <laughs> so. What's next on your travel list? A place you want to go travel? Once, once. Well, we can travel. It's just a little different than it used to be. So, are you asking a place I haven't been before, or yeah, just let's like, go a place you haven't been before? Ooh. So, actually, my brother uh, is stationed in the military. He's being restationed to Hawaii in the next month, okay. and I have never been further west than St. Louis. So, Hawaii. Yeah, I know. You haven't been across the Mississippi? Nope. No. Nope. So, oh, uh, yeah. So, a trip out. Uh, I'll stop in California on the way and, and then uh, hit Hawaii. So that that's nice. next on the list. So nice. pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my boyfriend got me into watching this show Vikings. And, okay. and then I started reading the history of Vikings. And now we want to go to Sweden and Norway okay. to, you know, learn more. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm not going to ask about the Spanish word. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we can see if Brian knows a word in Spanish. He probably does. Let, let's try yeah, this. Go ahead. Yeah, let's okay. try it. Let's okay. try it. Say a word in Spanish. Hola, como estas? Muy bien. Yeah. Uh, uh, ¿Dónde está el baño? Cerveza. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cerveza, <laughs> chapito. Excelente. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Thanks for being here today. Y'all, y'all were great. Um, these are always a lot of fun. Uh, get to know a little bit more about each, uh, even though we sat kind of next to each other for a couple of years, yeah. I miss, maybe almost three years. Um, it's been great both have you know, Paula here today and Brian as well. I really appreciate the work you do, uh, not only here in, in the discussion today, but the work you actually do in public services and the impact y'all have on the community. And, and looking forward to great things from for y'all you know, not just now, but as in the future is, you know, those of us that are currently in leadership move on and, and y'all become some of the future leaders of the county. Really looking forward to that. So great to have you here today. And special thanks to our media relations team who made all this possible, including the hybrid virtual meetings that we talked about earlier. Yeah. I'm Dan Biles. 
And thank you for joining us for this episode of Paths Go Podcast. And until the next one, we will see you around. Thanks. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.